Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is July 31st. Today we're going to continue our studies of this week's Come Follow Me block by beginning Alma chapter 42. Now in Alma chapter 42, Alma is still talking to his son Corianton. And something that really stands out to me, something that's so fascinating to me, is Corianton's view on what Heavenly Father's role should be in his life. And we see that in verse 1. Now, Alma, as a father and as a prophet and as someone with stewardship over Corianton, has the gift of discernment in this moment. We've seen it several times throughout this talk with his son that he discerns and perceives what Corianton is thinking and how Corianton is receiving the doctrine that he's being taught. And we see that again in verse 1 of chapter 42. It says, And now, my son, I perceive there is somewhat more which doth worry your mind, which ye cannot understand, which is concerning the justice of God in the punishment of the sinner. For ye do try to suppose that it is injustice that the sinner should be consigned to a state of misery. Now, I love this because Alma basically calls Corianton out. He's saying, Corianton, you're saying that it's not fair that God should punish the unrepentant sinner. It's not fair. Those, you guys, those are swear words in my house. The it's not fair. I think it starts with my disdain for Caillou. That little cartoon bald boy drives me bonkers. And one thing that drives me insane about Caillou is that he's always saying, it's not fair. And it drives me crazy. So it's it's not fair. That is just not something that we say in my house because it drives me bonkers. But in a sense, Corianton is right. It's not fair. This plan of redemption, of mercy, and of justice is not fair. If it were fair, you and I would suffer for our own sins. If it were fair, there would be a specific punishment that would happen for every choice that I make that is wrong. If it were fair, I would suffer all of that by myself, for myself. That would be fair. That would be just. But what Alma's going to teach in this chapter is that the plan of salvation is not fair. And we should be grateful every single day of our lives that it is not fair. Because justice says that punishment has to happen. And mercy allows the Savior to take that punishment on himself. It's not fair. But that's not exactly what Corianton was feeling. Corianton was feeling like he should be able to make any choice that he wanted and not have to deal with the consequences of those choices. He is acting entitled. He feels like he should be able to make any choice that he wants and that God should just be merciful without change or without repentance on Corianton's side. It actually reminds me of one of my favorite Elder Renlund quotes where he says, the concept, the greater the distance between the giver and the receiver, the more the receiver develops a sense of entitlement also has profound spiritual applications. Our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, are the ultimate givers. The more we distance ourselves from them, the more entitled we feel. We begin to think that we deserve grace and are owed blessings. We are more prone to look around identifying inequities and feel aggrieved, even offended, by the unfairness that we perceive. Now, that is exactly where Corianton was here. He had distanced himself 
from the ultimate givers. He had distanced himself from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And because of that, he felt entitled to grace. He felt entitled to mercy. He felt entitled to forgiveness without doing any of the work of repentance. Now, remember, I say the work of repentance, but it's important to remember that the work of repentance isn't something that we do so that we can pay the price for our sins. We don't repent so that we can pay off the sin. We don't repent so that we can earn our way into heaven. That's not how it works. We pay the price of repentance so that our hearts can change. We pay the price of repentance so we can learn to be grateful for the gift of mercy. But that concept is so far from Corianton's mind here. He's busy feeling entitled, and he's busy complaining that life isn't fair, that he's missing the fact that he has distanced himself from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. He's missing the fact that they will reach out in mercy and in grace if he will just turn to them and repent. He's missing the fact that he doesn't have to have any of the punishment for his sin if he will just change his heart through the process of repentance. He is just missing completely the purpose of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, this is a tactic used by the adversary in our day. He tries to get us to believe that God should change his laws to fit our behaviors rather than us changing our behaviors to fit God's laws. It's an ugly and it's a dangerous lie of the adversary that leads to our distancing ourselves from the Lord and developing that sense of entitlement. And really what it comes down to is rationalization, is Corianton rationalizing his choices, trying to get himself to believe that they weren't all that bad. That it was okay, that God is a God of mercy, so he'll forgive, while completely forgetting his own role and his own agency in God's plan. Now, this attitude that Corianton has, this disregard for what the true law of mercy is, his entitled feelings that God should just forgive, really, I believe, is coming from not being able to see himself in the fallen state that he's actually in not understanding the role that the fall of Adam and Eve has played in his own life. He's unable to see himself as a fallen man. In a book called A Witness and a Warning, President Benson says, Just as a man does not really desire food until he is hungry, so he does not desire the salvation of Christ until he knows why he needs Christ. No one adequately and properly knows why he needs Christ until he understands and accepts the fall of the doctrine and its effect on all mankind. So Corianton understood enough, he had been taught enough about the doctrine that he could recognize that something was wrong, but he didn't have that conversion that's required to actually see himself as a fallen man in this moment of sin. He didn't have that conversion to understand how the effects of the fall was affecting him. And I think that Alma could sense that too. Corianton needed to understand what it means to be a fallen man. Because he begins to answer that question of Corianton's by teaching about the fall of Adam and Eve. Teaching about the effect that that fall had on us. And he goes on 
and he says, and thus we see. Now, I love those words. Thus we see. It means we're about to learn a principle. And thus we see that there was a time granted unto man to repent. Yea, a probationary time, a time to repent and serve God. Now, I love this because he totally evens the playing field for Corianton. He explains the fall. He explains the effects of the fall. And then he says, look, we all have a time, a probationary time, where we can decide to repent and to serve God. I have that time and you have that time. God's not playing favorites. He's not picking and choosing. We all have ample opportunity to repent. God gives each of us a chance and sufficient time to change. In that sense, Alma was teaching Corianton, Son, now is the time. I know that you feel like God owes you mercy, that he owes you salvation. But look, God has given you every opportunity to repent and change. Just like he gives me every opportunity to repent and change. My friends, God is a God that is bound by law. The law of justice is real. Heavenly Father can't just look away from our sins and our mistakes. He can't just turn a blind eye. If he did that, he would cease to be God. But rather, he set up a second equally important law, which is the law of mercy. And he grants you and I the time sufficient in our life to repent, to change, to come unto him, and to receive that mercy. And that time and that invitation is extended to all his children. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to subscribe, to like, to comment, and to share. This has been Come Follow Me Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 